podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. to the midweek fix i'm gavin with me this week i have got kev and i have matt um we're going to talk about jürgen klopp and a fa charge which is yeah i saw that coming kind of we're going to talk about the narrative being turned on its head and um, by a silent manchester city and we are going to talk about um liverpool versus west ham which tomorrow night at anfield matt how are you I'm doing good. It's uh, a little sad that I wasted any amount of my life watching the Brighton Knott's Forest game today, but the the Wolves Palace game is kind of making up for it. So okay, I don't know what score either of them games are. I'm being honest with you. Uh, I was nil 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 Brighton Knott's Forest. It was just terrible. It was okay. horrible, and it's currently two one Palace over Wolves. So. Oh, Wolves were one nil up. I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah. Adama Traore scored a goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. back baby, and <laughs> um, just in time for the next chant. January transfer window where you get another nice loan to Real Madrid this time and then he'll be back. Yeah. Uh, Kev, how are you? I'm really good. Really good, yeah. Um, looking forward to tomorrow night after after the performance the other night but got to back it up tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's an all-important night. Mm. You know, it's vital. Yeah. Vital we get three points. Yeah, get on the run. Usually important. Um, we've, we've this game tomorrow we're away to Forest on, on Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, yeah. Yeah, three o'clock Saturday. Uh, no, early Saturday. Oh, early, early, early Saturday, off, half yeah. twelve Saturday. Um, so yeah, it is a big week. If you can put nine points on the board, it will be absolutely amazing. If you're watching, hit the like button. If you're watching and you haven't subscribed, please do so. Turn the bell notifications on, and every time we go live, you will get notified and you can watch along. MC says, "Fresh train, Gav." Yeah, listen, my wife took one look at me this morning. I listen, sorry, I felt with you. So I did. Um, thanks for that, MC. Um, but first of all, I, I want to just touch on something that um, we got news on today, which is Diogo Jota is out of the World Cup. Um, Klopp has said it will be months. He will be out for it. Looks like a very, very bad calf injury. Um, good for Jota. Um, was really looking forward to him in this World Cup. I thought he. he you know, Ronaldo's at the back end of his career. I think Jota is the next main man for me in that Portugal squad and um, absolutely good for him. Kev, you know, the timing is just terrible. He was absolutely amazing on Sunday and the work rate he put in, uh, just the threat he gave, everything about it and to see him go down now and he's out of the World Cup, it's, it's good for him, it's good for everyone, isn't it? It is a sickening because, like I said, the performance was brilliant and he's been threatening that kind of performance for a while. And, He's been playing well for us without scoring. If, if that may, everything around him is just when he plays, he's been really good. He's just had absolutely no luck with injuries for a while now, and the worry is if it's a serious calf strain. Is Klopp said it doesn't need an operation, which is good, yeah. but it's time it's going to need, and it's the timing couldn't be worse. And it's going to be the same for any player between now and the start of the World Cup. World Cup if they get injured, Reese James is another one. You don't wish any kind of an injury on anyone uh, at this time of year, especially because... He hasn't ruled, him. He hasn't ruled but, himself out yet, though. No, but it's almost a case of... Yeah, they can take... A, I think they can take a 26-man squad this time. So he might get on if if he's uh, in or around fit, but I doubt it, to be honest. Mm. England has spoiled for choice. But the thing is, with Jota, with Portugal, Rafael Leao will probably get a good look in now. But this was geared up for Jota, this World Cup. 
he would have been probably their main threat going into it. Yeah, Ronaldo has been off the boil. Yeah, Ronaldo has been off the boil for a while. Jota has been the mainstay in a lot of the Portuguese setup. So it's going to be a huge miss for him and a massive miss for Portugal. Yeah, and as Ant, well as a big miss for us as well. Yeah, Ant says, uh, shite news, that always smashes up a Portugal. He's been brilliant the last few games. Um, Matt, like looking at it from a Liverpool point of view, you know, it's another player out. We've I, lost Diaz. Um, you know, we've lost Artamelo as well. He barely played, but we've lost Diaz till January. It looks like we've, we're losing Jota now until January, maybe. Um, well, post-World Cup is what we're being told. Um, but... Yeah. You know, we're talking about, I think, about eight games left before we... It's about seven, eight games left we have before we, the World Cup eight. starts. And we're talking about trying to get as many points together and get through this Champions League group. But we have to just watch these injuries as well, Matt, because, all right, we can try to deal with them for four or five games or whatever it might be, or eight games. But we don't want another couple where you're coming back to the other side of the World Cup and you're like, listen, them four are out or them five are out. It's just the timing's been awful, hasn't it, with Diaz and Jota? Yeah, brutal luck this year with injuries. I mean, we've really taken it on the chin from the very start of the season with injuries. You know, having eight, nine players that would be in and around the first team squad out at any given time. Being able to, you know, quote unquote, field an injured 11 just about seems to be something that we do every couple of years. But I, at this point now, we just need to trust in the guys that we got there. Somebody, like, there's a spot there on the left side uh, for somebody to take. Having Diaz and Jada both being out. So whether that's going to be Darwin or Fabio Carvalho or, you know, Curtis Jones coming back from injury, somebody like that, you know, there's there's minutes there to be played and we need somebody to play in that position. So it's it's a squad game for a reason. So it's time for somebody to step up and make themselves known. And we're going to be seeing, like you said, to watch out to picking up any more injuries, you know. There's going to be some rotation. Uh, you know, Tiago might be a one game in, one game out sort of thing, or sixty and thirty. Him and Henderson flipping back and forth because we can't we can't really stand any more injuries. I mean, Kev, you're you're looking like an absolute soothsayer for calling for an extra forward in the summer when everybody was just focused on the midfield. Because holy crap, we could do with an extra forward now. Yeah, look, my my only thing with asking for another forward was uh, I always looked at Mo. If anything happened to him on the right wing, the way we were playing in a 4-3-3, we're screwed. You know, you really don't have an option behind Mo Salah that if you needed to rotate him or anything, on the right-hand side, we were screwed. Nobody could foresee the level of injuries that we've had in midfield now up front as well. But it looks like January, we might need to be doing something. And as much as I love Diogo Jota, and it's horrible and it's sad that he's got the injuries and all that, we kind of need him. And going into the second half of the season, you have to have players who you can depend on. And it might be a case of next summer, the club are being accused a lot of the time of not being brutal enough in a summer transfer window. And questions are going to have to be asked next season about the fitness levels of some of these players, especially the ones who've been here a long time. Can they keep going at that level of intensity and keep giving if their body won't let them do it? But that's for that's for down the road, you know. But right now, it's a sad thing for him that he's injured. But the reality, we are where we are with the it. Real, the reality of it is, you're looking at Salah, Nunes, Firmino, Elliot, and Carvalho. Five of them in four spaces up front. Yeah, that's what you're looking at. You know, I don't know where else you can get anybody else in there. Now, the only thing is, and I, I don't believe I'm saying this, but Oxley Chamberlain is back in full training. And genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, no, yeah, he's an option. Yeah, he's no, option. genuinely, we may have to use him if because yeah. if because he does 
he could go out and play the right hand side in a four two three one, which gives you just an extra body there. But now yeah. I don't think he will. Even if it's twenty minutes at the end of a game, just to give. But that's what we're rest. down to. That's, that's all you need. To. You know, that's, that's what all you're going to need. Like, yeah. So, yeah. But look, um, and the other option is Cannoneer or Doak. From yeah, the the, the, the the other one you could look at is if if you but you, you see you're saying that but you already have two youngsters in those in that five you really, no, you I really know, have I know. three senior forwards so it's um, Ramsey bagging for the twenty one says yeah, Ant, did, yeah. uh, got him up top didn't see it uh, but nice to late see on I think ninety first minute so he played I don't know if he played the full ninety but he scored in the ninety first minute first minute against Accrington was it a winner and uh, no it was a three one loss. So I mean, oh, the thing is that is that League Cup, like Johnson's Payne Trophy. Oh yeah, group, yeah. It's, 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 so it's good football, yeah, yeah. But it's good football for them because they're playing against senior, you know, senior players. They're playing against grown adults, and it's a learning curve for a lot of these under twenty one players. That you know, when you're playing against these kind of teams and full blown men are running at you, it's a different game. I mean, you you watch games in the academy. I've watched a lot of the under nineteens. And it is literally like tiki taka, tappy football. It's not real football, mm. you know. It's lovely on the eye and it's nice to watch, but it's not real football. Yeah. You know, they're they're learning how to pass and move and be in the right position and play systems, but they're not learning how to play the real game. Yeah, a couple of people uh, mentioned in court was Jones there, um, back and not seen in training. But rumor is he could be injured. Um, what the fuck is going on? But I don't know. I really don't. MC says, Gab, if Ramsey ain't injured, does Klopp do not think he's good enough or is he just not ready yet? He's literally, he's only back. He's only, yeah. I think it's the, this might be the first time he's actually properly fit to play a game since he signed for Liverpool. So, um, don't be worrying too much about him. Yeah. Uh, 3 2, the losses, Antico. Um, let's get on to Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp has been charged by the FA um, for a sending off in the game against Manchester City the other day. And I'm going to start it off by saying it's probably the right decision. You know, as much as you, you think, you know, oh, if you look... Now, I've seen people say, you know, this person was in charge and that person was in charge, going back on the manager's previous. Um, but I kind of knew when he done that. When he when he does that and then he's literally baiting Anthony Taylor to say, right, come on then. Um, <laughs> you know, I knew straight away he's getting a ban. I think he'd end up with a one-game one touchdown ban. It could be anything between one and three. But he's probably it's probably the right decision if you look at it. Over and listen, feel free to disagree when I come to you, but I think it's the right decision. Um, it's probably the correct decision and it's probably the most fair one overall. But, um, Matt, I'll come to you first. Is it fair in your opinion? That's one and two. Um, there's been a serious shift in narrative that's um being created in the last couple of days by um media messengers um of Manchester City. Um, it's been it's been mad to watch, isn't it? Yeah, it's somehow Jurgen Klopp mentioning the endless financial resources of three clubs in world football means he's a xenophobe just because all those clubs happen to hail from the same rough geographic area, regardless of their differences as cultures and nationalities. But um, first off, it's 100% deserved red card. I mean, it's it was pretty ridiculous antics. Most of us as Liverpool fans probably quite enjoy Klopp's antics most of the time, but when I saw that happening, even in real time, I was like, "Oh shit, he's got he's got a little bit little bit too far there." I can't help but notice that nobody's mentioned at all that Pep Guardiola had some pretty good antics as well. Following well, Jono, Anthony Jono Taylor says that. down, the t- 
Jono says that. Yeah, yeah, he says Pep yelled at Taylor he when he charges went. after him down the tunnel. Check VAR goal. Uh, where's the outrage? And Gar- Aunt Dicko says Guardiola screaming at Taylor, def- deafening silence. Um, and Barry yeah. Devney says, wait until the ten forty news breaks. Gav Klopp won't hold back. Apparently, th- th- there's rumor going around that the um, embargoed piece of the press conference uh, from today is out at ten forty, and apparently Klopp goes forward with his comments with regards to those clubs. Um, but go on, Ma. Continue. Yeah, it's. It's it's entirely spinning the narrative away because the the power that money has in football you can't I'm pretty much anywhere in life as soon as you start questioning the money is when you start making enemies and there's there can be no question that the people in the media and the people in charge of the FA and groups like that are very much influenced by money a lot more than they are by the average match going fan's opinion or the average dumb dumb on Twitter. If you start questioning where the money is, and lots of people are getting quite, quite wealthy and rich by allowing money to just seep into the game and corrupt it at every single level, you can't have somebody with the, the platform and the, the celebrity of Jurgen Klopp questioning that and calling it out in press conferences. So it's absolutely necessary for the people that are benefiting from the endless supply of money in football to try to get that conversation spun around so we're not talking about it. And... There's a, there's a piece that came out today in The Independent from Miguel Delaney, and the tweet for it, he says, Any claim that Klopp's comments are xenophobic should be seen for what it is, an attempt to suppress discussion of a huge issue. It's all the more absurd, given a main criticism of states that own these clubs is human rights abuses of their own citizens. And then it links on to the piece from there. So I there's at least a few people in the media that are kind of seeing the, the forest for the trees on this one and uh, not letting the the mouthpieces in the media spin this away from what it actually is because the points that Jurgen Klopp raised are extremely valid points. Listen, to suggest that Klopp is being xenophobic and all this is absolutely ludicrous, right? Klopp doesn't give two fucks where these owners are from, okay? All he knows is that, and he's right, the three clubs on this planet can do whatever they want financially and that's the truth. That is the truth, okay? And he says who they are, and he doesn't care where the owners are from. He doesn't care anything about that. All he cares about is he is working in a self-sustainable entity, okay? Now, don't get me wrong, um, earning a lot of money, earning a lot of money from achievements on the pitch and um, sponsorships and endorsements off the pitch, okay? He's earning a lot of money. But what he's seen from the other side is, is that these teams that do not earn the money Liverpool earn, okay, outspend or will outspend Liverpool in a massive, massive way. And all he said is, they can do whatever they want financially, okay. He's actually made the point if it's legal and it's okay, that's fine. That's what he said. But what his point is, is that Liverpool cannot compete against these. And the reason they can't compete against these clubs is, is because these clubs are going have and are going to manufacture income and finances to make sure that they can spend more than anybody else okay psg man city and newcastle they are going to do that have done it and are going to do it eddie house sat there today and said oh we're in a training ground that you know um oh it's being renovated and we haven't they've spent 238 million quid since he took over in the last i think in the last year 228 yeah. 238 million okay um They've they've spent that. Now, 
I've no problem with them spending that because they're well within their rights to because the way they've been ran over the last probably five, ten years under Mike Ashley. I've no issue there what they spend. They can spend whatever they like until they get into Europe. That's the truth. Unless the Premier League are going to come down on them for spending and wages, okay? Which they won't because Everton have lost 300 plus million over the last four or five years and they've done nothing. And the ongoing, um, and I say ongoing and I use that loosely, um, investigation at Manchester City still hasn't come out with anything. Premier League are investigating Man City about three years, four years. Nothing has come out about that. So Newcastle have nothing to worry about. What Klopp has said is correct, right? And it's there for all to see. And anybody in the media, okay, that's speaking on Manchester City's behalf, right? Well, they sit in silence, by the way. Anyone that speaks on their behalf is literally a messenger of this word. It's the, it's a, they're a messenger for these people, right? And they put this stuff out there and then they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to discuss it. They don't want to argue it, okay? One journalist today referenced Jurgen Klopp's comments on Friday as lazy. Lazy, right? I replied, or this podcast replied to that person on Twitter and said, do you want to come on a show live and discuss this issue? We have, heard, we have had no reply. But if any journalist out there that believes that Manchester City are doing everything properly, okay, I am here to speak to you whenever you want. Whenever you want. Okay? Live, unedited, whenever you want. And we'll have this discussion. Because if you think Klopp is sitting there and saying this, and actually saying to them, no problem, they've no ceiling. Okay? And they're saying that. And you, uh, the big takeaway from this is that they're xenophobic. You're the issue. Not Jürgen Klopp. You're the issue. Um, Eddie Howe, he's sitting there and he's saying, you know, this, that, and you're like, Eddie Howe's done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. But come back to me in two years' time or three years' time and what their spend is and <clears> all these um, sponsors that they have coming in. And when St. James's Park is called the Yabu fucking whatever um, stadium, right, for 500 million quid a year in order to finance all this, then come back to me and let's see what Eddie Howe has to say. Um, Kev, he's, uh, you know, he gets that ban. Or he will get a ban. There's no doubt about that. But, but just the narrative, like, I'm not even... I'm not even annoyed by it I'm kind of just and I'm not even bewildered it's near, I'm nearly accepting that this is the way things go now Kev because we're not talking about a brilliant game of football on Sunday which well we did on Sunday we we done we done two shows talking about how good the football yeah. game was right but we're not talking about that anymore we're not you know Liverpool have made a statement Man City have said nothing but they've clearly sent out people in the media to put out this message for them while they stay silent right like it, it's just the way things are now Kev it's the um, I said it in the comment section last time when you guys when you were talking with Pete about it. It's the Donald Trump defense. You never apologize. You never admit you're wrong. You never def- you always deflect. You never get pinned down by anyone that can tell you that you're wrong. That's all this is. Look at what Liverpool put out as a statement. That is in the and with the videos that came out. That's an easy statement for Man City or any club. Manchester United have done it in the past and condemned it out of hand and distanced themselves as a club from those kind of chants. That stuff should be the easiest thing in the world to just say, yeah, it's nothing to do with us. And when they haven't done the basic thing like that and come out with, well, we were really annoyed about Jurgen Klopp's comments on Friday. And here, lads, here's the glorified bloggers in the Manchester Evening News. Just go out and say this for us because we don't want to say it but you can say it for us. And if you don't say it, we're not going to give you any access to any of our upcoming players or any anything that you need to do your job. We're just going to turn the taps on you. 
off on you. And that's what, that's all that's happened. The people who need access are doing as they're told. They're not journalists. Don't call them journalists. They're bloggers. That's all they're doing. That's all they are. Real journalists like Miguel Delaney question things. Philippe Claire question things. There's real journalists out there on social media, and they're questioning this narrative. And they're the ones who aren't really beholden to anyone for a career. You know, Miguel Delaney can go and work for anyone. You know, he's he's not beholden to a access to a particular football club for an income. You know, whereas some of these bloggers are. So they're just doing as they're told. They're shills. That's all they are. Well, and they're doing they're putting out what they're told to put out and they'll turn off their notifications, they'll turn off the comments, they're not going to engage in anything. They're doing as they're told. They're just puppets. That's all they are. Well, I've, I've, fa- go on, go on, Kev, finish. No, that. I was going to say, it's just really pissing me off, the fact that the Hillsborough families have come out and said what they've said. And a club like Manchester City, who want to be regarded as a big club, can't even understand what they've done. They, and they won't it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's almost gone too far down the line. Like they won't come out and condemn what their fans did. And their fans did do what they're being accused of. They're an asterisk club. That's all they are. They're an asterisk club. And nobody gives a flying fuck what they win. They're, out, they're just, yeah, they won four out of the last five years. Big fucking whoop. Put an asterisk behind them. The same as Juventus when they were bribing referees. No different. Yeah. That's all they are. Well, you see, if they've any, yeah, I think you're right. To a certain certain point, right? They don't want to apologize. They don't. They see themselves as this is who we are. We don't apologize. They, they're above everything, right? And they won't, won't, they won't get involved in this. But they're clearly involving themselves with what's going on in the media and who's saying what, right? Um, you know, just like you said, just random people putting out this stuff, defending, defending what's going on and and stuff like that. Now. I've seen I've seen some Man City fans say, "Well, um, there was they were singing uh, Liverpool were singing vile songs, and Pep was targeted with um, Pep was targeted with uh, coins, coins, and the bus was targeted again." Right, Anfield, you can see everything in. They fucking cameras everywhere. Just look back and look at the yeah. Mo Salah goal. They've cameras everywhere. Right, if there is evidence that people threw coins at Pep Guardiola. Or sang vile songs in the in the stands about different things. Go and get them, and come yeah. out with them as evidence as to what they are. I'm not saying they didn't happen. If they did happen, if people are throwing coins at Pep Guardiola from the main stand at Anfield, I said it to the night. Find them and ban them. Simple as that. You yeah. know, if you went into a pub and fucked the point class across the pub, they just find you and ban you. It's the same. You'll be in, in court the next day. Right. You'll be in but, court the next day. Right. Right? So that's fine. So go and get that evidence and bring it back. But for the meantime, why don't Man City as a club comment on the, the songs that are being sang at Anfield on Sunday by their fans that they sold the tickets to? 
Why don't they just do that? Because they're cowards. Right? But no, but the thing they're is, cowards. hold on. No, no, the thing is, instead what they're doing is, they've decided that Klopp's xenophobic, Klopp had coins thrown at him, the bus was attacked, Klopp's comments um, on Friday, I've seen things like Klopp's comments on Friday were deeply hurting, uh, deeply hurt the owners of Manchester City, and, and Manchester City as a club feel that this is what um, ignited the stuff on Sunday and made it worse. And I'm like, no, the game was on on Sunday. Your fans decided to sing like this, right? The referee decided he didn't want to blow the whistle for the fucking whole game, right? Then people decided that when VAR was used in a correct manner, that you shouldn't be doing that, right? And then you've pundits after the game going on about, constantly going on about a goal that was wrong, or, or that was uh, saying it was wrong, that was called off. So we ended up not talking about the stuff you should have been talking about. And we, um, we're sitting now in this narrative where Klopp is the one that's wrong, for his comments about clubs. But he's clearly correct. He's being cl- being accused of xenophobia. And we're all meant to go along with this. And 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 not only that, we're meant to go along with it by people throwing her out there on their social media or throwing her in there as, um, you know, uh, uh, they've done a piece on it or they've done whatever it is, right? Um, an article. And I use that word fucking lightly as well, uh, or loosely article, right? And we're all meant to sit there and go and read that. Plus, they just want you to click on it. Right, they don't give a fuck mm. if you read it or not because it's pure not that bullshit what they're writing. So you click on it, an ad comes up, they get paid. That's how it works now. It's not about reading stuff, right? If it was about reading stuff, they wouldn't have ads within their articles. Well, the one from the northeast, the one that came out in the northeast uh, about Newcastle, was a really inflammatory headline about what Eddie Howe said. Eddie Howe never said what this guy said he said, but you go into the article and he says he goes into why the headline is different from the story. But the article's behind the paywall. That's what it's about. Yeah. Clicks, subscribe, pay for your content, and whatever. That's fine. But it's clickbait. That's all yeah. this stuff is now. Yeah. They can't argue. The thing is, the premise of what Klopp said is absolutely spot on. And on that, on the premise of what they said, they can't argue with it because the figures are there. You can look at the net spend for the clubs for Manchester United. I seen one today as well. I think it was um, – don't remember the guy's name – it was a Martin Samuel for the Daily Yeah, Mail. yeah, in the mail. And yeah. his words were, you know, something along the lines of, um, see, you've done this, this, and this, and financial fair play and something else, and they now adhere to both. Right? I, that, I, sp- I spotted that straight away. And they now adhere to both. No, you're not always meant to adhere to both. Yeah. All the time. You know, and, and, and you actually see, and that's what, when I read these things, going, these people don't believe what they're writing because they actually slip while they're doing it, right? Yeah. They actually slip with, and I don't even think that there's an editor on board there at some stage because an editor of any caliber would have read that and went, you can't put that in because it looks clearly like it. Listen, me and you, Kev, are two blokes, right? The top of football and drink cans, right? But yeah. if, so we, and Matt, right? But Matt likes special lemonade, right? <laughs> so, but but if, if, if we're able to spot, we can that, spot that straight, straight away, right? An editor should be able to look and go, you can't put that in. But they're not. Do you know what it is? Just write us something up there, right? Get it into us, bang, we'll throw it out, we'll throw your name yeah. in it, and, and away we go. And, yeah. This is what we're up against. This is what we're up against. And yeah. and it actually forces the belief that you actually have to so, so limit the amount of people you interact with on social media to the point where, like, idiot gone, idiot gone. I love an argument about football or anything, right? The price of biscuits, anything at all. But there's, I just get to the stage where I go, I just can't deal with that person because I'm, I'm wasting valuable time and energy in talking to yeah. them. But I, I'll say it again before there's, we move there's on. There's nothing... There's nothing worse in the world than a willful idiot, you know, and Twitter's full of them. Yeah, well, um, 
Martin Samuel has been defending City and state ownership for years. He calls Liverpool United and Arsenal the red cartel who are afraid of new money. Um, Good comment. Mm, afraid of new money. I don't think afraid of new money. Um, you're more Klopp concerned about how it's generated. Sorry, sorry, I just want to put this up. Breaking. Um, and Jake, this better be true because I'm putting it up on the screen. I'm about to fucking read it out. Um, Jurgen Klopp has called in his lawyers to take legal action against Manchester City after accusations of xenophobia. That's via the Telegraph Sport. Jake. Ooh. Okay. Um, if that's the case, yeah. move it on from uh, there because... Yeah, well, if that's the case, um, I applaud him for it, if that's true. Absolutely. I applaud him for it. Um, and... I will again be asking Man City on Twitter tomorrow if they want to comment on the events of Sunday, um, but I don't think they will. But and I say it again before we move on: if Martin Samuel or the other, I can't even remember the other guy's name that was mentioned earlier. Um, I got a few now. As a rock would say, it doesn't matter who's fucking. Um, is. Yeah, well, uh, the person I invited on earlier, Martin Samuel, anyone that wants to come on and discuss Man City um, on this channel, you're absolutely welcome. Let me know and we will sort it out and it will be live and unedited um, so everyone can see and hear what we say in real time. Um, let's move on. Liverpool versus West Ham tomorrow at Anfield. A huge game, made even bigger, I think, by... Well, no, not made even bigger. It was going to be huge either way because if we'd have drawn or lost to City, this would have been a massive pressure to win this, to get going. We've beaten City, so it's a massive pressure to keep a run going ahead of Forest at the weekend. Matt... Um, I don't. Do you know the way you say like must win games? This to me comes a must win game just to solidify what happened Sunday. This is a must win game where you go out and you show the same effort, the same intensity, the same creativity. Everything about us has to be spot on again tomorrow night. So if we're going to get on this little mini run before the World Cup and put ourselves in a much healthier position, these are the ones you have to win. Every game until the World Cup is a must win with the exception of hopefully the Napoli game will be a dead rubber and we can get some good rest and rotation and for our players. But I, we haven't had a three game winning streak yet this year. So we absolutely need to win this game to get our first one of those going because I, from what I saw from, yeah, you guys both uh, did post-match shows on it, but like from what I saw in that game, that to me showed that this team can still do it if we just don't get ravaged by injuries completely that the core players of this team when they show up to even 75 percent of their capability they don't even have to play at 100 percent you know Virgil was good but I don't think he was the best center back in the world levels good that he has been for us in the past you know Mo was good but he wasn't potential Ballon d'Or winner good and we were able to go toe-to-toe with City. We were able to take City's best punches, let them have at certain points in the game. City had 90, 92% <laughs> possession, and we were able to sit back, let them have the ball, and hit them on the counter. They end up they end up overall with 70% possession in the game, I think, 67. I yeah, think. It, yeah, it was right around when we scored our goal, like in that middle of the second half part, that uh, the graphic popped up on the screen, and in the last five or ten minutes, we only had, like I think, 8 or 10% of the ball. And it was fine, you know. They they didn't they didn't trouble us all that much, and we didn't play phenomenal. Like we didn't have ten out of tens across the park, regardless of what fan match, uh, you know, player rating shows would would have you think. So now it's just a matter of carrying that over. It's you know it's it's easier to get up for these big games 
you know, this is City. They're coming to our place. This is a big game. We don't want to get absolutely spanked. We don't want to get embarrassed. We want to show them that we're still there, that we can compete with them. Okay, that's good. Now we got to play West Ham and pick it up from there. You know, we've had some poor results against West Ham at their stadium, not at Anfield, uh, in the past few years where it just seemed like the players weren't up for it. But I don't think that's going to be the case because with the way that the squad has been somewhat decimated with injuries, there's going to be a few young kids in there. There's going to be, a you know, a Darwin Nunez or somebody like that is going to get their opportunity to stake a claim. Like there's, on individual player levels, I think there's a lot of players in our team that have a lot to play for. I Joe Gomez has a very realistic chance of making the World Cup. If he puts together a string of five, six good games, Southgate would be completely showing his ass if he doesn't take Joe Gomez. If he plays anywhere close to how he played against City for the rest of the time until the England has to announce their squad for the World Cup, he's going to get himself onto that plane if he keeps playing like that. So I think the players on an individual level will be able to show to, to bring themselves up to the required level to, to roll over West Ham. And uh, that's what I'm fully expecting to happen tomorrow. Is it just sticking with you? Um, you know, you're, you're saying the players didn't have 10 out of 10s the weekend. Um, I've seen players probably play better at parts this season, certain players, but I haven't seen a team put in their effort. So if you're giving me no, I think if, I think the team doing, I think the team performance was a ten out of ten. Yes. I think the way that we set up the team tactically, yes, I think was absolutely ten out of ten. Yeah. The, because the if you look at that, if you look at likes uh, of Harvey Elliott going forward, I would probably give him six, seven out of ten. Yeah. But overall, in a team thing, he gets into that team with ten out of ten because his overall yeah. display, he's in there to attack and hurt City, yeah. but he does such a fucking good job going the other way. I think, yeah, I think the team is a 10 out of 10 made up, I suppose, of players sacrificing what they usually do a little bit themselves. Like, Jota is just up and down that fucking wing all day. Like, you know what I mean? It's and, the work, and it, the work it becomes, that Jota it becomes and a 10 Thiago, out of 10 team performance. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tiago, Jota, and Robertson, you know, having to deal with both Cancelo and Kevin De Bruyne over there. I mean, that to me, that was the main point of the game. Everybody focused on Holland and his goals, and rightly so. But when I've watched City play this year, it is criminal the amount of time and space that other teams are allowing Kevin De Bruyne to get on the ball. They're allowing him to pick the ball up at the center circle, get his head up, start driving forward with the ball, and look and see where Haaland is, get his pass measured in, and just put it right on a plate for him to knock it into the back of the net easy style. And we did not let that happen. And we knew that the other point of issue was going to be Phil Foden down that left wing. I mean, I... A little shit came out when I saw that Milner was going to be playing it right back. I was hoping for a Kanate, you know, miraculous recovery so that Gomez could play there just because of what happened last year in this same fixture where Foden made Milner look like the 36-year-old that he was. And between Milner and Gomez and Harvey Elliott, they completely nullified Phil Foden. He's such a brilliant talent, and he did not have a good game. And so, yeah, to, so for to me, that's exactly what it came down to was that Clearly, the coaching staff had a game plan of how we were going to stop their biggest threats, which are De Bruyne, Holland, and Foden, and executed it fantastically, absolutely fantastically. One of you guys mentioned it on one of the shows, I don't know, yesterday or Sunday, but hopefully other teams can just look at that and go, oh, that's what we should do. They won't, though. You know, they won't. They won't. No, because they'll, they'll the try reason, to sit back the reason, in their 
but the reason the Brian, the Brian, reason the Brian gets that room is when he picks it up, every other player in, in midfield goes right, get back quick, and try to make it. It's 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 a simple thing of just put as many bodies in defence as we can when when City have it instead of going out and going. Yeah. Go and track this, track that, and Liverpool are brave. Um, we have 266 people watching, 89 likes. If you're watching and you like, hit the like button, please, and subscribe if you haven't already. And um, we're on, I feel like we're on bleeding about three times a day at this stage, but we're not. Um, it's just being mad busy, but we bring you as many shows as we can for absolutely free. And by liking and subscribing, it does help us um, keep everything free of charge. Kev West Ham, I looked at them today, 1-3, drew two, lost five. Of ten league games, um, bit up and down, doing quite well in Europe. Um, some players performing in Europe, but not really turning her into form in the Premier League. You know, they're eleven points. We're on thirteen. What What do you expect from them? Because they were so good last season for long periods, West Ham, and it might be a little bit of hangover from that, um, and a few, yeah. a bit of movement in their squad as well. But the what do you expect from tomorrow? Do you, do you expect them to? Do you expect them to come good West Ham again over the season? I think over the season they will, but they're betting in an awful lot of players, and they they started the season horrifically. You know, they had um, what was it? I had a quick look. I think they lost their yeah they lost their first three. They won their first game against Villa, drew against Spurs, lost to Everton. Then they had the the break, you know, the Queen passing. Then. Come back, lost to Chelsea. So they were really in trouble, you know, really earlier on. Then they had a couple of back-to-back wins and the draw against Southampton. And they've got serious. They had, they've had a, a load of injury problems. And you look at the lineup they had against um, Southampton. They played a back three with Cresswell and Mitchell as two centre-backs. You know, right. so two full-backs at centre-back with uh, Kerr in at centre-back and Kerr when he was at PSG was an you know more or less a backup fullback, you know so that's where they are Zuma should be back for t- he might he's, he might be available uh, tomorrow night but they're really struggling for bodies at the back but up front uh, Lucas Paquette is an outstanding player how the hell West Ham got him is unreal is an unreal bit of business by them he I was talking to a West Ham fan last night and he was saying like Declan Rice has been okay. He's been good when he played. Paqueta's bedding into the side. He's looking better. Skamaka looks a real player. Loves a shot. Shoots from anywhere. You know, he, he don't care where he is. If it's 25 yards out, he'll have a bang. He don't care. Um, and he's a unit as well. The other side of it, Bowen hasn't started the season well, but I watched him against Southampton and he looked kind of like he was getting back to his best. He's he's a real live wear when he when he's on it, and they'll probably play with the two of them behind the striker behind Skamaka, and they'll have um, Michael Antonio then to come off the bench if needed. It's a case they'll play more than likely Sufal, Suchek, Rice, and you wouldn't know who they might play at left wing back um, Emerson maybe. Mm. But they're, they're kind of struggling for bodies in some way, but in other ways, they'll play 3-4-3, which will hopefully we can turn into a 5-4-1. And, but it's a completely different game to Man City. It's com- going to ask completely different questions of the way we defend because we're going to be defending with the majority of possession. And the one thing that West Ham, I watched the highlights of the game, the last game we played, even though we won 1-0, they really tried to get second runners from midfield. 
and capitalise on that. And if they can get balls in for someone like um, Paqueta and Bowen to make that second run from midfield to break the offside trap, then that's what they'll be looking for. They'll, they won't mind giving us the ball. But look, Moyes has a terrible record at Anfield. And they can be a bit of a hard nut to crack, but they can collapse as well. You know, they're they're really not in great form. So you ex- I'd expect to beat them, but it's never it's kind of easy. It's a different test, isn't it's it? A, it's a different test, and it's going to ask different questions, especially when you look at it, especially probably Mo. As much as I wanted Mo to play through the middle against Man City, I don't know if playing through the middle against West Ham would be best for someone like him. If they're going to be playing with five across the back and four in the middle of the park, do you want him stuck in the middle of that or would you want him in space running into it? You know, where he can get on the ball maybe from outside and make runs breaking inside or would you want him up top? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, this is more of a case of a game for Darwin, I think, to be playing through yeah. the middle. Okay. Do you think they're going to play with three at the back, Kev? I think that three at the back they played in their last game was just a one-off because they're it's complete lack circumstance. of center hands. Yeah, I think it's circumstance. I look, back, I look back through their lineups that they've gone through in their game so far this season, and it's been Rice and Suchek, Bowen, Paqueta, and then either Fornals, Benrama, or Cornet, and then Skamaka there. So it seems like they're lining up four-two-three-one if they've got yeah. the fit and available center halves. It's a matter of. Whether it's, it's just uh, going to be, yeah, it's just, and Dawson are game exactly. decisions. That, that's all it is. It's just a case of if they can get a fit body back in time. And even if Zuma is somewhere fit, is he going to be fit enough to play 90 minutes at Anfield with a crowd who are going to be really up for it on the back of that Man City performance? Especially okay. seeing as the game, the game's not on TV in the UK. It's it's on Amazon, but it's Amazon is going to be like streaming it. So there's, there's going to be a lot more people who ordinarily go to games will be at this one. Whereas if it was on main, main TV, there, some people might not go. Yeah. You know, I think the intensity tomorrow night will be really, really up there. I think um, it is a different test, but I think when you look at West Ham, whether it's three centre halves or four, two, three, one, with the injuries that you have, you're probably going to see them go into a four, five, one ish shape. You know, four. Suchek, four at the back, Suchek and Rice in front, one midfield and maybe a little bit in front of that, maybe doing doggies left and right, and two wingers looking as the out ball and the striker looking to hold it up. That's what usually happens yeah. against Liverpool. And in fairness, that might have been City's way home against Liverpool on Sunday, where City come out and went, we're going to sit back and we're going to put Haaland up there and we're going to put Foden and such and such wide and, you know, hit you on the break and they could have hurt Liverpool because we still to see Liverpool deal with that sort of threat for me this season. You know, and what I mean by is where the game is set out that Liverpool are going to have most of the ball and the threat is going to be going on the other way, trying to expose the high line, trying to get in behind their full-backs who go forward. Liverpool have struggled. I think at the weekend, City were very, were cagey, but Liverpool, even when we attacked, were cagey. Now, you might see that a little bit from Liverpool where we go, listen, we're going to have most of the ball, but listen, nobody gets in behind their fucking full-backs from 30, 40, 50 yard balls. It does not yeah. happen. And if it does, Gomez and... and Van Dijk better be sn- sniffing that out or snuffing that out. Matt, what way do you think Liverpool approach this with regards to personnel? Because there's a few big decisions for them to make here now. Yeah, it's certainly tougher than one would have thought it would be. I mean, the, the injury to Jada just really kind of throws a spanner in the works because you got to ask who's going to play on the left side. Uh, 
I'm I'm of the belief that I think this this new formation is it going forward. I think we might see four three three on an odd occasion, you know, if injury dictates. But I think this is I think this is the way forward, and it might even have been the plan from the off. You know, we're not privy to those conversations of what's happening uh, on the training pitch in the off season sort of thing when they head off to France and Austria. But uh, the team has looked so much better. I think it's been unquestionable that with the change of formation has been our best results. The fact that he stuck with it against Man City and against Arsenal, you know, when you'd expect him to revert to type and go back to the tried and tested 4-3-3. So uh, I think he's going to... He's going to roll the team out again, and it's just a matter of who your two midfielders are and who's going to play on the left side of attack for me. Mm. I think you'll see. Uh, and then you have to look at the right-back thing because like, Trent comes on as a sub, so Trent's obviously fit. Um, yeah. get, let's let's do a few team lineups then and we'll do a bit of a score. Prediction. You want my lineup? No, I'll go first, and then you can see if <laughs> yeah. you disagree, right? Me, so, me, me. <laughs> right. I'll have Allison and goal. I'm gonna. I, I think you'll see Trent at right back. I think you'll see Robertson at left back. I think you'll see Gomez and Van Dijk centre back. I think Henderson starts because that was a shift that Fabinho and Thiago had to put in. So I think you'll go Fabinho Henderson. Who did he play up against Rangers? Did he play Thiago? He played Thiago. Henderson, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. And then he's played Fabinho came on, didn't he? Yeah, so I think he'll go Fabinho Henderson. Yeah. Um, I think he'll go... I think he'll go Carvalho off the left. I think he'll go Salah off the right. And I think he'll go Firmino Nunes. That's what I think he'll do tomorrow. I think Nunes... We're going to have a lot of the ball. We're going to be looking to get more ball in the box, I think. You know? Um, yeah. I think we're going to need some some physicality in there. And I, the way it, the way it plays is, is that if you have, and this, this system is good for it, if you have Nunes down the middle and you have Firmino behind him, Firmino is more than happy to say to, the, to his Salah, you go on in there. I'll drift out here and I'll link with Trent and I'll link with Henderson and you go on in. And... You know, Salah will get plenty of time in the box. I think that's the way to go. I think Elliot put in a shift at the weekend, so I think you might see him drop out. But Carvalho come on, so they might try. They might try. You know, do a vice versa on that um, substitute in this game. So that would be my team. Um, Matt, I better let you go because you wanted to go this last time, and I jumped in front of you. So no, no, no. Uh, I was ready to go. You know, I was kind of going through it, so it seemed natural. Um, same back five and same two in midfield for me. Uh, Allison, Trent, Gomez, Van Dyke, Robertson, Fabinho, and Henderson. And then the three in the four, two, three, one, I've got Elliot, right? Bobby in the 10 Darwin on the left. Cause I think he's got to start playing there. I, I just think he has to, at some point he's going to be needed to play minutes out on the left with those two guys out for months. So now's as good a time as any Bobby's been absolutely flying. And I think Mo in that central position has been lethal. So I think you, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, the other alternative, I suppose, is to keep Elliot in, put Darwin out there, like you said, and leave most central. Yeah, look, I think this this the sense to all to all of it. You can make sense of all of it, really. Kev. Yeah, the only difference I'd make, I would bring, I'd play Simicast instead of Robertson. He's just coming back from an injury. There's no point. We've got three games, I think, in six days. 
six, seven days. There's no need to be playing him in all, all in every game. And you've got Ajax again coming up on the back of these three games. So I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to seeing um, Simicast playing at left back. And I agree with Matt that Darwin could play on the left, but I think for horses for courses, Carvalho can do a job on the left and Nunes up front with... I wouldn't even mind seeing him up front with a uh, with Salah as a partner. You know, and whoever's on the right, you can drift in and out between the two of you. And Yeah, but the problem there that, is that you have, if you're playing Firmino, Firmino's not going to run up and down the wing for you. No, he doesn't have to. The whole point is you're going to have most of the ball. I mean, when you're defending, you de- we always defend in a 4-1-1 four, four, one, one anyway. It's just a case of which whoever's in that position, that's your position until we get the ball back. It's it's just going to be a case of when, we're, when we're attacking, if they're going to end up with four or five at the back, you want two or three in and around them to create havoc, really. You know, and... I think uh, it would make more sense to have the aerial and physical threat of Darwin with someone like Mo's trickery in and around the box, his fast feet. Yeah. I think you, you can know, get him you, close you, you get it. in a 4-2-3-1 anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he could do. But I think I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we get a penalty tomorrow night. But my biggest worry coming off the back of Klopp's red card and the criticism that Anthony Taylor has had for his refereeing is that we're going to get shafted. We're going to get a whistle, uh, whistle happy referee tomorrow, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, but I think we're going to get shafted. No, no, look, it's, it's the other like. fucking clown. What's his name? Um, I don't know who's got it tomorrow. I have no idea. I don't know who's refereeing tomorrow. I haven't looked it up. Um, no. I'm sure but, I've looked it up now. What's uh, Darren England ref tonight's game, the Forest game and all that? Darren England of, of VAR fame? Yeah, VAR fame. He was uh, doing the uh, Brighton game tonight. Uh, Stuart Atwell is on the game tomorrow. Eh, it is what it is. Look, it doesn't. It's pick, doesn't pick your winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Pick your it poison. Is. It is exactly. Um. Okay. We, we. So go on. Give us your eleven, Kev. Just so we know, because I think I think I'll go. Allison, Trent, Gomez, Virgil, Simicas, Henderson, and Fabinho in the middle. Um. Bobby in a ten. Salah left. Carvalho Salah left. Salah, Salah right, Carvalho left, and Darwin up top. Okay, good stuff. Um, predictions. Matt, I'll let you go first on this one. 4 0. Wow. Well, now, have we any history in you doing predictions like this and it goes horrendously wrong? Because if we do, I'd like you to reevaluate that place. They almost always go wrong. I said when I when the lineup came out for City, I had to revamp my original prediction and I was much more pessimistic about it. So I only predicted a 3-2 win against City. Okay. So okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna I'm not ever gonna pick us not to win. That's just Correct. crazy. Why? No, no, that's it's, right. It's I, I had us to draw at the weekend, in fairness. Um I thought it'd be a high scoring ge- game, but it ended up a one nil, so what the fuck do I know? Uh yeah. four nil. You, need, you need to name scorers because oh, you know that's the real I, I know my I know my scores. I, I'm going to keep going with Virgil to score from a corner because he's got to score from a corner eventually. Okay. I picked him Every game so far this season. So he's got to come good. Uh, I think Moe's going to get two and Darwin's going to get one. One of Moe's is going to be a penalty. Okay. Kev? Uh, 2-0. Uh, for all of West Ham's gloom this season, they don't concede many. Mm-hmm. Um, one or two tops in games. I think it'll be 2-0. Um, 
I hope that the defenders got confidence or the team got confidence in the way they defend against City and they just go in chests out tomorrow night with confidence and, and attack the ball like they did aggressively when they snap into tackles. Like Virgil stepping out, out of the line to win the ball. I want to see more of that rather than waiting for someone to run at him. Just go, go out and win the ball and start a counter-attack from that. Our goal last season was the 1-0, was Trent hooked the ball across the face of goal and Sadio put it in. These are generally tight enough games, you know. I mean, I think, I, I, I hope we get a clean sheet, but I, I think we'll we'll win all right. 2-0. Uh, yeah, Darwin and Mo from the spot. I think Mo will get a penalty tomorrow night. Okay, I'm going 2-1 Liverpool. Um, I think... We will be back to playing with the majority of the ball with a high line, and I think West Ham have players that can hurt us. And we haven't proven yet that we can adapt to that. That's my opinion. Um, listen, we could absolutely tighten up with it, and we could be absolutely fine, but the the temptation to get forward here from Trent and Robbo is going to be too much tomorrow where we where we will leave space in behind. I think, like you say, Paquette is really good. Samak has been really good. Um the other guy, Antonio, is an animal at times. Um, Bone is really good. But I think we'll win 2-1. I think we might be 2-0 up, actually, and end up winning 2-1. Uh, Nunes and Firmino, for me, as the goal scorers. Uh, just yeah, a Bobby's few here. Mega McCallion has 2-0, Salah and Nunes. Uh, Emmett has another clean sheet, 3-0, Nunes, Bobby and Salah. Cortez J has 3-1, Nunes, Salah and Fabio Cavallo. Bonkers has 3-1 as well. Loads of 3s. Salah and Nunez with 2-1. Two, two, Salah Brace and Boland for West Ham. Says Tom Boland. Ant has 3-0. Nunez 2. And a Trent free kick. Dare McCanty has 3-0. Hard fought 2-1. Says Jonathan. More steps in the right direction. I'm a little bit on them lines as well. Sam Tandy has 3-0. Sam Tandy is the most positive. Um, this is the shout. Uh, you yeah. know what? He's the most um, positive Liverpool fan I know. Probably bar Andy Young. Genuinely, Sam. Um, <laughs> but he has 3 0. Salah Nunes and Gomez gets first goal for the club. Um, oh, three. I, I Amazing. Every week. Chris Back has 3 0. <laughs> Salah Nunes and Cavallo. 2 0 from John O'Mo and Darwin. Um, Red Steve says 6 1. Gomez gets the fourth. Emerson scores theirs for FPL purposes. Okay. Uh, Laszlo has 4 0 as well. Um, before we go, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. I'm being told all the time to tell people this, but. It genuinely does help if you like and subscribe because it means more people can watch and it means then in turn that we make a little bit more and honestly, we make a tiny bit more out of YouTube which helps pay us the bills which means we don't have to charge anyone for any video or any audio and we can keep it absolutely free, okay? So that's that's the God honest truth. If you can hit the like and subscribe and share it to your friends as well if you can. This is a this is a YouTube and podcast, this is a YouTube channel and podcast that will come out and give you your opinion and discuss it with you. Um, we won't hide behind articles or uh, a piece that someone's written. We won't throw it out there and just say we're not commenting anymore. That's their opinion. Go away. We won't kick and scream on screen um, just for the sake of it. We won't put up headlines um, on our videos or our um, 
podcasts that completely aren't true. Like Eddie Howe says, Jürgen Klopp, Jürgen Klopp doesn't know what he's talking about. And then when you go in, there's nothing about Eddie Howe saying that Jürgen Klopp doesn't know what he's talking about. We don't sensationalise what we're about to do. We tell you what we're going to do every day and we go and do it. So if you like that sort of stuff, um, hit the like, hit the subscribe and we go from there. The Liverpool beanie hats are flying. Flying, I'm being told. Uh, 21 euro each. Um, very limited run. Okay. We're probably down to about 10 left, I'd say. Okay, we're probably down to about 10 left. I'll have to double check that, but it's no more than 15. I'm just letting you know that. 21 euros each. The link is in the description. Go to linktree forward slash LFC Day Trippers. You will find at the very top of all the details you can get on the LFC Day Trippers, the beanie hats. Click on a pre-order, and as soon as they arrive in the country, which should be around the 1st of December, we will post them straight back out to you. Okay, and be honest, we're making fuck all money off this either. So... Listen, we're doing it as a trial run to see if people will be interested in some sort of merchandise going forward, whether that be beanie hats, caps, T-shirts, whatever it might be. We're doing it as a trial run. So if you want one to keep your head warm, and trust me to keep your head warm for the for the winter, go ahead and order them. Um, Kev, anything else before we go? Uh, Joe, you know, I just hope one of, this time tomorrow night, I just want to be talking about a three, you know, a two or three nil win. Good performances, solid game. And looking forward to Forest. And if we're not, I'm going to blame Jonathan because Jonathan is captain Mo in FPL, so okay. it's his fault. Okay. Um, <laughs> nah, Matt. Anything else before we go? No, looking forward for the game tomorrow, and uh, really looking forward to uh, hear how your uh, tune's going to be come this Thursday show because uh, I think your checks from FSG are supposed to clear in the next 24 mm-hmm. hours. So. I'm, I'm um, very excited to hear you. I have, okay. listen, oh, I want to do an FSG show, but I want to do it in, me and Shawnee wanted to do this, okay? Um, now, if it doesn't happen, we'll do a viewer's voice on Thursday, but we put it through on Thursday because we knew there was games during the week, and we, th- but we run out of slots as the week go on. Me and Shawnee want to do this, we want to discuss it, but we don't want to discuss it where, <coughs> you know, me and Shawnee are quite, not fence-sitting, but we see both sides of, sides of the coin when it comes to FSG. But we didn't want to bring someone on go who just loves FSG and then another person that quite likes FSG. There's no point. You just end up talking about, oh, yeah, FSG, aren't they great? We wanted to bring people on that don't like FSG. We've asked a few people. We've offered a few people the chance to come on. They haven't responded, okay? Um, so if they don't respond, there's no point in us doing that show. So we will be back with a viewer's voice on Thursday. But... If it comes Thursday, Friday, and we get responses, we will put it in. We want, we want to do this show, okay? We we are often... If anyone out there doesn't like FSG and wants to discuss it in an adult sort of way um, and has the ability to do that by video, let us know. But at the moment, we're still waiting to see if that show can go ahead. Um, but yeah. Um, but then again, I might be busy. I might be talking to Man City-based journalists, so I can't do the FSG stuff. Um, well, I do have... I've a, I'm doing an... an an interview on Thursday with a guy that you will you would have seen around Twitter. He's quite famous for being um, pretending to be Martin Tyler. So um, I'm, I'm doing an interview with him on Thursday. <laughs> oh, he's class. I'm he's doing an class. interview with him on Thursday. It's going to be pre-recorded. I'm going to get a release for Friday morning, and we're going to have a little bit of a laugh with him. So um, I'll, I'll get it. I'm, it's Thursday, but I just want to get it absolutely nailed on before I officially say that. Um, that's it. That's been the midweek fix. Uh, join Kev and Chris tomorrow 
for a post-match. I presume they're on. They haven't told me they're not. So that'll be 10 o'clock <laughs> tomorrow. Um, yeah. Full-time Reds, Liverpool, West Ham tomorrow, which is Wednesday, isn't it? Jesus, yeah, it might be a bit earlier now because it's a 7.30 kick-off tomorrow. Oh, it's a 7.30 kick-off. Yeah, so, don't so, get the, yeah, don't get that. so let's do 9.30. Yeah, half past nine. Yeah, half past nine tomorrow. Um, so half past nine tomorrow, full-time Reds. Thursday will either be an FSG discussion or we'll be back with viewers' voice. Um, that'll be Thursday. Friday will be Premier League forecast. Saturday will be full-time Reds and Sunday will be the Fatback 4. Um, I read them out at the end of every show because at the start of every show, people or straight after, people go, uh, what's on the rest of the week? So that's why I read it. Yeah. That has been the midweek fix. Thanks a million to Matt. Thanks to Kev. Thanks everyone in the chat. It's been great. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.